0: Since I don't have the files for the normal music that you would have, I'm just gonna sing a little tune before this starts. A dupa di do Okay, let's get into the podcast. James 2 verses 14 through 26. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them go in peace be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body what good is that so also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead but someone will say you have faith and i have works along with his works, and faith was completed by his works, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone, and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body, apart from the spirit, is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Last Bible study, we covered verses eight through thirteen. Uh, we talked about loving your neighbor as yourself, and in the light of partiality, how that applies, uh, and we looked at how partiality fundamentally go against goes against loving your neighbor as yourself and breaking a core part of a. Uh, the laws and prophets. Uh, We also covered condemnation under the law, as well as judging with mercy, and uh, that's really the the main things that we covered there. It was a shorter bunch of verses, but that brings us to our verses today. Um, But before we do get into this, I have to be a bit candid about our verses today. Uh, I was hesitant to cover James at first when deciding what book to go through next and it's mainly because of these verses here Uh, these verses seem to come up uh, in many like theological debates when talking with people who are catholic orthodox or other people trying to justify their position Um, and it's honestly a shame that these verses have been given kind of a bad light uh, due to this type of uh, Theological debate, or at least in the eyes of Protestants, because these verses normally come up when you are trying to defend them against someone else trying to say this is what this means. This is what I'm arguing for. This, and you're like, no, I, I do not believe that this is what this means. But we'll, we'll get into what it means in a second. But um yeah, these verses it's are actually something extremely important for. Anyone who is a Christian, anyone who puts forth uh, sola fide, faith alone, salvation by faith alone, um, it's very important for those people in particular, including myself, because I am still, after reading these verses and after typing out all the notes for these verses, I am still a proponent of sola fide, but um, it's important because, not because these verses say sola fide is wrong. But, because this passage gives us a massive warning against the misconstruing and twisting of sola fide, uh, or salvation through faith alone. And we will get into that here in a second. But, um, so, this passage is extremely important not to contradict other verses, talking about salvation through faith alone, which through catholic orthodox interpretation would contradict other verses but this passage works in conjunction with those verses that will be covered when we get into the bulk of it um and really builds up the whole argument throughout scripture the whole theological argument so with that preface being said I just kind of wanted to toss that out there and just give a little preface um but yeah let's uh let's get into these verses uh, James 2, 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? James is asking a rhetorical question, which can be rephrased as, what kind of faith saves, or is all faith living faith? Uh, this question can be answered with a resounding uh no, at least for the Uh, the original question of, can that faith save him? A faith that does not have works. The answer is a resounding no. Dead faith cannot save. Uh, The dead faith is uh, not a faith that has made one's heart new. Now, we as Christians have a bad relationship with the word works, at least for me, in my experience. I'm sure other people have experienced it as well. It's a bad relationship with just hearing the word because of how I've heard it argued before. Um, And every time we hear it, we think works is bad. They are filthy rags, and to get your works out of here because it's only faith alone. Um, But we do have a much better time talking about works when it is labeled differently. We don't recoil in disgust when, say, the term fruits of the spirit is used. Or we don't get a bad taste in our mouths when someone talks about Matthew 18 and the process of disfellowshipping and how the process of disfellowshipping is shown through other people's works of how they are living in unrepented sin. You come to them repeatedly and they do not do the Christian work of killing their sin or at least even repenting of their sin and therefore you disfellowship them. But... It's phrased in a different light it's not just the word works itself but in reality both of those things fruits of the Spirit Matthew 18 disfellowshipping and just how you see other people as Christians um, that those are both talking about works uh, we need to understand what is going to be talked about here when James is talking about faith there's two different kinds of dead faith and a living faith Dead faith is never what anyone is talking about in the Bible when talking about salvation. Just remember that. That is never what Paul is talking about in Romans or Ephesians when he's talking about salvation by faith. He's not talking about dead faith. Uh, what is talked about and implied here throughout Scripture is a living faith. Living And true faith is a faith that will produce good works. Living in true faith is a faith that will point you to loving your neighbor and loving the Lord. Living in true faith is a saving faith. Uh, So let's loop back to this question again. If someone has dead faith, that being a faith which does not produce works, and a faith that does not produce a love of the Lord and a love of the neighbor, is that dead faith a saving faith the answer is no that is not a saving faith and on top of that it is not a helpful faith in any means not only is that faith dead and you are not justified before the lord by this dead faith your dead faith also does nothing for anyone and we'll get into that particular thing of your faith doing nothing for anyone uh, in these next verses um but One thing to keep in mind also is the audience that James is written to. Uh, This is written to an audience of Jewish Christians, uh, people who came off of works-based righteousness to hear the glory of salvation through faith, uh, who then go to the opposite extreme and say that works no longer matter. They are unimportant for anything. And they've gone too far to then throw out works entirely and that is the other end of the spectrum where you you've missed the mark the legalist misses the mark in a different way but then you go over to the other spectrum and throw it out entirely and then you've gone way too far and you were not producing a real living faith but a dead faith Um. Josh supplied me with a wonderful Calvin quote regarding this passage, uh, which says, quote, I wish the reader to understand that as often as we mention faith alone in this question, we are not thinking of a dead faith, which worketh not by love, but holding faith to be the only cause of justification. It is therefore faith alone which justifies, and yet the faith which justifies is not alone. Just as it is the heat alone off the sun which warms the earth, and yet in the sun it is not alone, because it is constantly conjoined with light. Wherefore, we do not separate the whole grace of regeneration from faith, but claim the power and faculty of justifying entirely for faith as we ought. I'll probably—that's the end of the quote— but I will probably make reference to this particular phrase throughout the Bible study because I think it's a it's a great phrase, but it is faith alone which justifies, but that faith is not alone. So keep that in mind, just I guess in the back of your head. Uh, and as we go through, keep in mind the audience as well as the distinction between living and dead faith. All right, let's move on to these next verses. James two. 15 through 17. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be, warm and, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James shows an example of dead faith. Uh, and James also is continuing to... Encourage proper treatment of the poor, uh, as hopefully you can remember back to the example that he gave for partiality between the rich and the poor man. Uh, he's continuing in encouraging uh, proper treatment of the poor. Um, it's just something to note, but uh, just giving words of encouragement or simply just saying religious words. To those in need does nothing how can you tell someone to be warmed and filled yet give them nothing to be warmed and filled by you are not displaying a living faith when you act in such a matter you are displaying dead faith a faith that does nothing your heart is not showing your love to your brother and sister in fact, acting this way shows you have closed off your heart to your brother and sister. 1 John 3 17 through 18. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. A dead faith is one that closes their heart to a brother. A living faith is one that is not one that simply says religious words, but acts in both a deed and in truth. A dead faith has shown to help no one in this situation. The brother or sister is not full and not warm, and guess what, your heart is still dead. You may have spoken what the right words could have been, but those right words are useless without action. This is a continuation of being doers of the word, and not just hearers. A doer of the word shows a living faith, while a hearer of the word shows a dead faith with no action. A dead faith is not one that saves, and not one that helps anyone. Just as not supplying food and clothing will make you full, warm and full, a dead faith can do nothing to save your soul. It is both useless you have given nothing James 2 18 through 19 but someone will say you have faith and I have works show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works you believe that God is one you do well even the demons believe and shudder James quotation is here would be an objection stating something along the lines of separation of faith and works asserting some christians have faith and others have works and it's just a matter of like they're not they're not connected they are just they're just different it's different for different people um the implication of separation between the two and people not needing both that, is, that would be the retort of You don't need both. Some have this, some have the other. So not everyone needs both. And James presents a challenge as well as a counter to faith without works being a living faith. James displays something very key for the next few verses, which is showing your faith by your works. If you simply have faith with no works, then you have nothing to point to. You have no means of displaying your faith to others, and they will just take they'll just have to take your word for it when you have nothing to point to. You have no fruit, you have no works to point to and say, I have a regenerated heart, I'm a Christian, and here's why. It's just I'm a Christian, and then my I I have faith in God. Okay, can you point me to that faith? No, I can't. You're just gonna have to take my word for it and you cannot demonstrate faith in this way. Uh, a good analogy I heard while um uh, saying these verses looking at some commentaries uh, was that of an apple tree. Where where is the life in an apple tree? It's it is in the it's roots which are underground and it's under its bark. These are things that that we cannot see because it is internal to the apple tree. So how do we tell if an apple tree is alive? It is by the fruit it produces. A dead tree will not produce fruit in the proper season, but an alive tree will. You put on display your faith in your life through the fruit you produce. James is using his works to point to his faith. He is using his works as a sure indicator to his heart being made new in Christ and regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Whereas when you separate faith from works, you have nothing to point to. How else will you demonstrate the reality of your faith if not by the fruit you produce? Show me your faith apart from your works. You you cannot do so. It is not possible. And James then goes to provide a counter to faith being apart from works. Uh, First, he puts out a theological statement that they would agree with. You believe that God is one, right? Good. I'm glad you believe that. Obviously, they would believe this. It's good. It's good to believe this. But guess what? The demons know this too. The demons believe God is Lord over all because they know this to be true. They know the condemnation they face under the Lord. They believe God is one. They believe God exists and is Lord over all. They believe it and they shudder because of that reality. Why do they shudder? Why are they in fear? It's because their belief does nothing. This belief would not make them justified before the Lord. They are still in the judgment of the Lord. They are still facing condemnation. Do you have faith that the Lord is real and God is one? So do the demons. Your dead faith will lead you to the very same place as the demons. You may know it to be true, but your faith is dead. You do not have an actual trust in the Lord. Your faith is useless. Your dead faith will do nothing for your soul, and you will suffer and shudder along with the demons. Your dead faith will do nothing. You are a corpse with a dead heart. You have nothing to point to, and you only can look at the demons who believe the very same thing, yet they don't have a regenerating faith. They have belief, but they still shudder. James 2 verses 20 through 24 Do you want to be shown you foolish person that faith apart from works is useless was not Abraham our father justified by works when he was offered up when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar you see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works scripture sa- and scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. We now get into James's chief example, that being Abraham. Uh, and this is where people will point to and say, see, James is in James contradicts Paul. He contradicts what Paul says in Romans. And if you remember back to Romans, Paul pointed to Abraham uh, being justified before the Lord by faith alone. We covered that in Romans 4.3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed in God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. How are these verses not in contradiction? It's because Paul and James are talking about two separate things while using similar words. Paul in Romans 4 cites from Genesis 15, while James cites Genesis 22. Paul is pointing to when... We are made righteous before the Lord, or in other words, when we are justified before the Lord. So Paul points to Abraham in Genesis 15 and says, there is Abraham's belief. Abraham is made just before the Lord in this belief. Okay, and then we move over to James. And James here is talking about justification before man, showing the evidence of salvation to man, It's not talking about justification under the Lord. Remember back to the previous verse. What was the challenge at hand? It was show me your faith apart from your works. James is showing that justification before man can only be displayed through works. I will show you my faith by my works. This is a clear example of Abraham's justification by works. Now we as men can see the fullness of Abraham's faith from his works. Abraham's faith is displayed. By his works in Genesis 22. You can see that Abraham's faith is a living faith. You can see that the faith he had since Genesis 15 to many years later in Genesis 22 has been a living faith. How do we know that? Well, go to Isaac on the altar. We can see his faith through his works. Abraham was justified before the Lord in Genesis 15 and justified before man in Genesis 22. He shows the fruit of his living faith in genesis 22. faith alone saves but our faith does not stand alone he has this faith since genesis 15 he was made righteous before the lord since genesis 15 this faith alone is what is what saves but then his justification before man his demonstration of his faith of what he can point to and say this is my living faith this is me Being obedient to the Lord happens in Genesis 22. It stands alongside the faith. It was faith alone that made Abraham's heart new. But Abraham's faith was not a dead faith. His faith was not simply knowing in the Lord and doing nothing because of it, but his faith was that of trusting of the Lord and obeying his commandments. He put his faith not only in the existence of the Lord, just as the demons do, but he puts all of his faith and trust in the Lord. He trusts the goodness of the Lord to the extent to kill his son. His faith and full trust in the Lord, that if the Lord did not stop him, Isaac would have died. He would have been killed on the altar. Do not separate faith from works. Our works point directly to our faith. James is not in disagreement with Paul. They're addressing different ends of the spectrum. Paul is addressing legalists who want to declare justification under God is determined by our works, while James is addressing those who go to the opposite end end and act greedy and licentious, and all while saying that we are justified by faith, therefore I can sin. Therefore, I cannot follow the Lord. Therefore, I can go to my fellow brother and close off my heart to him. Therefore, I can continue as though I was dead. Paul points to the legalist and says, Your works are filthy rags to the Lord, and your justification before him is through faith alone. You have no reason to boast in your salvation. And James points to the carnal or nominal Christian and says, your faith is worthless because it is a dead faith. Point me to your faith without your works and you can't do it. You have a dead faith. You do not have the faith that Paul was talking about. You do not have this faith that you are trying to use to justify your sin because the living faith does not try to justify sin. Living faith does not try to justify hating their neighbor. Living faith is demonstrated through fruit, through works, through good works. James points to the the nominal Christian, the carnal Christian, and says, you are a dead tree who produces no fruit. And these two things are in no way in contradiction with each other, but they actually further develop the theological reality. You are saved by living faith, but your dead faith does nothing for you. You bear no fruit and you are dead. You are merely a corpse yelling you are alive as you rot on the inside and you reek a filthy and putrid unrepentant sin. Romans three twenty-seven through 31 Then what becomes of our boasting? Is it excluded? By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Our God is the God of Jews only. Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Ephesians 2, 4-10. through But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in christ jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in christ jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing it is a, it is the gift of god not a result of your works so that no one may boast for we have been prepared for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them paul's statements here both in romans and ephesians are not in contradiction with james said we can see james's very argument in these verses do we overthrow the law by this faith by no means Why would we seek to avoid the following of the law and not produce good works? Why would we who have been made new by the Lord not seek to do good works because of this reality of salvation by living faith? Or we go back to the Ephesians verse, which shows so clearly salvation is by grace through faith. But what does it say after? It talks about being saved by grace through faith. It says we are a workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are not, not called to be new by faith and then never do anything again. It is a dead faith. Our living faith is shown through our works because we are his workmanship who are created for good works, not to go on doing nothing, but created for good works. These verses from Paul do not tell us we can no longer do good works because salvation through faith alone is too important. Instead, we are told you have been saved by grace through faith, and your works cannot add to your salvation. But now, since you are saved, go act as a new creation. Go act like you've been saved. Show the fullness of your faith through your actions. Show the fruit you produce to others. Show them you are alive. Do not sit dead. Do not continue in your old ways, which only produce death. But go and produce fruit. Living faith produces fruit. Dead faith produces that which unbelief produces. Nothing but further death. Now be like your father Abraham and make your works on clear display. They will point to your faith. Show the fruitfulness of your faith through your works. We are saved by faith alone, but our faith does not stand alone. James 2, verses 25 through 26. In the same way, was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. The example of Abraham points to a Jewish forefather, and now James switches to a Gentile prostitute for a second example. Important to note talking about showing living faith is not something just a high-status Jewish man can do, but also a low-status Gentile woman. There's no social, economic, nationalistic barrier to entry to showing living faith. Rahab's faith was shown through her works. Abraham's faith was shown through how he obeyed the Lord, whereas Rahab's faith was shown through her treatment of the Lord's people. Rahab was preserved by faith in the Lord, and that faith was shown through her treatment of the spies. Unlike Abraham, we see a much smaller time span from when faith and justification um, from the Lord to the works that are displayed by this living faith, we see Rahab acting as she did because of the faith she had after the hearing of the Lord. Hebrews 11.31 By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish, with those who were disobedient because she had given friendly welcome to the spies we see explicitly in hebrews that reality of action by faith we see that reality of action by faith a living faith james then switches he goes past this example and he uses an analogy for faith apart from works being dead the body without a spirit is dead a body without a spirit is simply a corpse in an empty carcass. Just like having faith apart from works does nothing to produce uh, to produce anything that you can point to in your life and say, This is this is life, this I have life. Let me point to my fruit, let me point to my works. You have nothing. It is an empty faith and a carcass of faith. A faith that produces nothing. Your faith is just as dead as everyone six feet under. If you try to take works away, throw them out, it's going to be just as dead as a body without a spirit. This is not a saving faith, as described in Romans and Ephesians. In Ephesians, there's an S at the end. This faith is meaningless and worthless this faith is dead and rotting abide in saving faith seek to be a doer of the word is not that these works are what make you righteous before the Lord but it is our proper response to the wonderful grace and mercy that we have been shown in conclusion dead faith does not save a living faith is what saves The living faith can be pointed to by its works. Dead faith does not move, cannot do works. But a living faith is an active faith, which you can point clearly to its life. Do not seek a dead faith, but seek to show the life of your faith through works. Dead faith is not different from the belief of the demons. But living faith does not shudder under fear of the judgment of the Lord. Instead, living faith finds joy in the love, mercy, grace, and peace of God. Follow God's commandments and care for his people. Praise the Lord and give glory to him in all things. Praise the Lord that living faith in him is not faith that is useless. Praise the Lord that salvation by grace through faith points us to do good works. Praise the Lord that he saves a people contrary to him and renews them to desire to glorify him through their good works in Christ. Glory be to God in salvation. Glory be to God in all our works. Glory be to God that we are justified before him by faith, because of this justification we may be justified before man by displaying works meant to glorify his holy name. Glory be to God for salvation. May his glory be on display through our works. Praise the Lord, glory be to God in all things. All right, that is uh, all I got for these verses. Uh, um, before I close this in prayer, is there any questions? I see there is a question in chat. Did Sue? Did Zach answer the question? Sue, you uh, you got one? Yeah, he did. Is this a? Is there a separate question? I can come up though. Okay, yeah, come up and ask ask a question. Okay, so when you were talking about, um, I guess, showing your works, or just when someone, you have to give a case for it, let's say, like, I'm at a college, right, and I have something on my shirt, like, I love Jesus, and someone comes up to me, and they, like, they ask, if I'm a believer, right? How, how would I go about telling them, I guess without sounding boastful, or... So, in a situation like that, you wouldn't necessarily have to just list off all the things you've done to be a Christian. And you could just be like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you want to, like, come visit the church I go to? Do you want to do these things? Like, if they're also a Christian. Um, This is uh, not meant for boasting, but just how... You live your life. And if someone in your church or, say, someone comes up to you and they more so are like, I do not think that you are a Christian. You do not have a saving faith. That is when you can easily point to the the works that you've done. Be like, I've done all of this because I've been justified by Christ. Rather than taking almost a too offensive position. It's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I did this. I, I fed the homeless. I did all this stuff. But... Yeah. That would be, like, a lot of people will operate with the presumption of uh, that this person, I'm going to treat this person as a Christian because they say they're a Christian until they display that they do not actually have a saving faith. Or display that they do, and my thoughts are only confirmed because of the way that I see these people act. Okay. So, when you are at that point, like, I don't know, like. Would you just go about it saying like, "Yeah, God enabled me to do this, this, this," so that you, like, is that how you would respond, basically? Yeah, I mean, you would uh, you would show them that it is uh, by God that you're doing things or doing these things, okay. is not by your own boasting. Like, I didn't I didn't go to this like soup kitchen or something just so I can boast about it later. You're the one pressing me on this, and I'm pointing to my faith by my works that I'm only doing this thing to glorify God and not myself. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Is there any other questions before I close this in prayer? Oh Wait. Was it Martin Luther that postulated through faith alone first or was it Calvin? I don't know. Uh, Probably, probably Martin Luther with the 95 Theses. I think that was specified of faith apart from or faith alone is uh what is justifying um yeah because at least for the mainstream uh reformation because i know there was smaller other reformations in different parts uh but like the the one that luther kind of kicked off was more a mainstream one i suppose it would definitely be there. Any other questions before I close this in prayer? No? Okay. Let me pray for us and then we can be done. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you that we are able to read your word and to see the truth in your word, Lord. I just pray that we will not uh, seek to avoid works as being Christians, but that we will seek to glorify your name and uh, display our living faith by the good works that we do. You have justified us so that we may be your creations and uh, do good works through Christ Jesus, Lord. I just pray that be able to go throughout our week so we'll be able to read your word to pray to you and to just glorify you in everything that we do lord let's pray for all these things in your wonderful and holy name amen all right that's that's all we got it's over no no fancy music to to let you know it's done